everyone and welcome to the So What About Faith podcast. My name is Moyo and in this space I discuss my experience navigating faith as a Gen Z believer from the mistakes I've made to the lessons I've learned all in a bit to awaken, exhort, encourage and comfort you. Episode 1, take 100. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome to the very first episode of my podcast. I'm so excited to be finally doing this. It's been a long time coming. Um, and the fact that this is actually happening is it's a bit surreal. Um, I'm going to be telling you guys a bit about my faith journey and where this all began, um, my relationship with God, and just how so what about faith was birthed and what I hope to achieve with this podcast. Um, I'll first like to say a huge thank you to everyone who has shared, um, reposted, followed the you know page. And to my friends and my family as well who have supported my faith journey, um, you know, right from, I mean, when I started taking it seriously. Um, a huge shout out to my parents who invested in the gear for this podcast. And to my friends, special shout out to Dinobi, Joanna and Shenemi who helped me with the design um, for the cover um and yeah thank you to everyone honestly i'm so grateful okay so let's go into today's topic so my journey with faith started from childhood um i would say that i was born into a christian family um and so what that meant was obviously every Sunday you don't even have to be told just get your gown and your shoe <laughs> and you know head to Sunday school I was one of those people who honestly used to go to church just to show like my back like that that is why I was there I didn't really care much I mean okay no I also cared about making friends because that's me like put me in a room give me 30 minutes and I would have made friends with almost everyone in that room. Um, so I would say I enjoyed church because I got to see my church friends. Um, I got to wear my like outfits um, and I also got to buy super yogo after church every Sunday and chin chin. You see, I was there for the food, the friends and like literally food and friends. I didn't really care much about the word what was being shared because I mean I didn't know God right for myself um and my parents you know did their best to introduce us to the faith and so we also used to go for summer camps and my church had a summer camp every year and whenever we're around we would go and it lasted for like a week and imagine somebody who loves going to church on Sunday for food and friends. Now imagine having a whole week with food and friends. Like, I mean, it didn't get any better than that, to be honest. So that was it for me. But I was always God conscious. I would say that I always like knew that, okay, there's a God that exists and he takes care of his own and he's always there. But I just didn't know him for myself. Now, fast forward to... Um, I would say my teenage years, so when I entered secondary school, um, I gave my life to Christ in 2013. But 
I would say I took it back, if I'm being honest. Like, you know when you respond to an altar call, you know, you cry, you know, you write your name, your details, and all of those things, but you go back to living life the way you live, like, living for yourself, essentially. That was, that was me. So I remember I consciously gave my life to Christ in 2013, but I would say I took it back. And one thing that I noticed was, although I wasn't um, super close to God, I was very self-righteous. And I thought that that put me in right standing with God. So I would look at myself and I would look at people in my set and I would sometimes think that, oh, like, I mean, this person is doing this and is doing that and I'm not doing any of that. So surely, like, I'm better. But you see, the one thing that I've learned in this journey of faith is that even though you're self-righteous, you're still a sinner. You're not better than people that you're comparing yourself to. Self-righteous people are still sinners. And so I thought that because I didn't do certain things, it automatically meant that God and I were cool. But I didn't realize that it wasn't by my works. It wasn't by the things that I was doing or failing to do, right, that put me in a good place with God. And so fast forward to 2015, this was at my... Now, the first time I gave my life to Christ in 2013, it was at my church summer camp. And then in 2015, again, um, I actually gave my life to Christ after the pastor preached this message um, about how we would have to give account of our lives to God. And for some reason, I just started bawling my eyes out, like, after the the message and when we even got back to our rooms like i was just crying and my friend <laughs> my friend asked me like are you okay i was like yeah I'm, I'm okay i'm fine but the thought of me giving account of my life to god literally scared me because i was like i'm not living a life that i can account for like if i'm to open my mouth and tell god the things that i've been doing i would feel so ashamed right and that wasn't the main crux of the message. I kind of it, it was actually like <laughs> it was actually a message with a topic, but that specific line just stuck out to me, and it just kept ringing and ringing in my head, right? And so even after the the sermon, I went to meet the pastor and I asked him, you know, you said this, is it true? And he was like, yes, it is. And that day, I was just an emotional mess. Like, let me just put it that way. And I would say that I was convicted, um, yeah. But even after that, nothing really changed, you know, because the next school year, I was cheating in tests, you know, and I was still being rude to myself. So it's like, I mean, <laughs> my point is, God doesn't mind us crying, right, and weeping and being convicted, like all of these things things might actually be a sign that wow you know something is happening in us but God is more concerned about what happens after the tears you you know after you clean your eyes are you making that decision to consciously turn away from your sin or are you still indulging in these things and then the next week you go out to another altar call and I found that 
I was in that same position where every time a pastor preaches a message, I would feel convicted. And at the end of the message, I would run out and give my life to Christ because I knew that I wasn't really living for him. So I continued, you know, secondary school. But then in my final year, I had this, like, experience that made me realize that, okay, maybe I'm not like everyone else because I have a conviction after I do certain things. So where before I would maybe cheat and not feel anything, that year I would do that, but I won't be able to sleep at night. I wouldn't be able to, like, I wouldn't be able to basically think straight. I would feel this weight in my heart that I didn't know how to explain to anyone else because no one around me seemed to get it. So I'm like, how do people do these things and not feel anything? But me, I literally just do one and then I, I can't sleep. And I, one of my friends, she always used to say that, you know, how she knew that God had been reaching out to her was when the moment she decides to do something, that's the day that they will cast them. That's the day that they, everyone will cast. Like, it just always goes wrong when I'm involved. And I was just like, hmm, okay, you know, maybe I am different. Like, maybe there's something about me. I don't know. I don't know what it, like, what it is. But I just became more conscious of it. And as time went by, I realized that, okay, that was the Holy Spirit in me. So after high school, moved to, you know, uni and all of that. And in my foundation year, I had an like encounter with, you know, people in a cult. Um, and they were just, it was very, very crazy. The whole experience, you know, they approach, I approached them now. <laughs> You know, this is what happens when you are an extrovert and you love talking to people and meeting people, right? So I remember approaching one of them one day at a bus stop and I was just like, wow, you know, I love your umbrella because it was raining. And literally, I started a conversation and then from then on, you know, they, we like, we exchanged numbers, they called me and all of that. Um, Fast forward to when I started having like more frequent conversations with them and I realized that, okay, this is what these people are about and I need to step away. So after that, I spoke to my sister um, and my mentor at the time and they were like, they were the ones that basically told me that these people that you're speaking to, you need to basically run because these people are caught and they have this agenda and basically they brought out all the facts like, it wasn't just, you know, and they weren't just saying it from a place of fear. Like, they actually presented, like, their information and everything. And I had never heard of them before. So, they basically gave me a book to read. And the day that they gave me the book to read, to find out more about them, I just remember feeling very, very uneasy. And as I was speaking to them, I was weeping. Like, once again, I started crying. And I wasn't crying because what they were telling me was convincing or because it sounded good. Like, I wasn't crying because I was convicted, like, all the times I was crying in, in this camp. 
I was crying because there was this war that was going on in my spirit. I was crying because it felt like my heart was so uneasy and I had never felt like that before. I just felt like something isn't right. I didn't know what what it was. I didn't know like I, I couldn't put my finger on it, but I just knew that something these people like were saying was just completely off. And that was what made me reach out to my sister. So when they gave me the book to read, I didn't even bother opening it because I was like, if I feel this way when you guys are speaking to me, I don't even want to know what is written in this book because I I don't think I I don't think I don't I don't have the capacity. I don't have it, you know. So after that experience, I realized that I actually did not know God for myself. I knew that God had saved me from myself. I was aware that God's eyes were on me. I was reminded that wherever I am in the world, you know, God would always keep watch over me. But after that experience, I was like, I never want to be deceived again. I never want to be in that place where people are speaking to me about something that is false. And I know it's false, but I do I can't put my finger on it. I was like, I never want to be in a place where I have to depend, right, on my siblings or a friend to tell me that the way that I'm going is wrong. I never want to be in that space where I can't defend for myself what is the truth. And so that experience birthed this hunger, like it gave birth to this hunger in my heart to get to know God for myself because I was like, I can never be in this situation again. And so I started going to church more. I joined a church and that was the first thing that I realized that getting to know God for yourself is more than going to church every Sunday. In fact, that only makes you a bench warmer. If you're going to a church that God hasn't led you to and that you're not really gaining anything from, you're literally just going for food and friends and vibes, just like me. As God will have it, (laughs) you know, when people like want to give testimonies and they say, as God will have it, as God will actually have it, that year, Ezine Zara started this group called True Christianity and I joined. And we were praying together in the mornings and, you know, all of that. And I remember at the time, I was like, "Ah, this is much. This is actually too much because we were praying in the morning. Um, No, we're praying. I think we're praying in the morning, having Bible study every day. And it was on WhatsApp at the time. And the messages were just a lot. And I was just like, ah, this is much for me. So I left the group and I was just trying to navigate things on my own. Then a year like later or so, like a few months later, let me not say a year, that's an exaggeration, but a few months later, my sister now and tells me that, oh, you know, we've reached like the ma- maximum capacity on WhatsApp. So the group is now moving to Telegram. And I was like, okay, this is a new opportunity for me to join and, you know, commit and like just immerse myself in this community. So I did. 
and I started attending the prayers and just following like what happens on the group. And one day we were speaking about intimacy with God, and that was the first time I, I had ever heard that like phrase like intimacy with God, like huh? Like God had always been God in heaven, you know, Moya on earth, you know, he's watching me. <laughs> He's protecting and providing for me, but like, what do you mean intimacy? Like, how do you get to know? And that was what my heart was longing for. And the fact that that was being spoken about in the group just made me realize that wow, like I'm actually supposed to be here. And so I remember Precious at the time, a girl called Precious, she started sharing her own like experience, like her faith journey, um, and how like she had been saved. She had, she had given her life to Christ like just six months ago, but in those six months, she really grew like a strong relationship with God. And another girl, Adenike Wax, also shared the same experience. And she was just talking about oh, the Holy Spirit and how Holy Spirit tells her what to wear, tells her what to eat, you know, how they're friends. And I was just like. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, I guess it's a genre, right? And not everyone can be a part of that. But I was just very intrigued and just like, wow. Like, I want this. Like, the way they were talking about God, it didn't sound like God was a distant deity. It sounded like God was a friend that they spoke to and spent time with and joked with and just loved being around and they recommended a book called good morning holy spirit right and i remember reading it and for the first time ever i had learned about the person of the holy spirit you see most times in church was taught about god the father or taught about Jesus Christ. And then the only thing we hear about the Holy Spirit is that he's the third person in the Trinity. But then when I read that book, I realized that the Holy Spirit is literally the only, like, he's literally the only person I have on this earth to do life with. He's the one that, helps me get to know God. He's the one that would help me get to know God in a deeper way because he searches the mind of God. He knows the deep things of God. He carries the secrets of God. He's comforter, he's helper, he's advocate. He's, he's, he's literally teacher. He's everything. He's everything I need in this life, literally. He's my helper, right? And I was like, this is what has been missing. This is the link. Right, that I've been find, like I've been looking for, trying to find all these years, because my my heart wanted to know God, but I just didn't know how, and I realized that it was because I didn't know the person of the Holy Spirit, and you cannot know God without the Holy Spirit. And so I read that book, and I started watching sermons like. Apostle Joshua Selman's sermons, 
um, pastor Vlad of Hungry Generation. Like I just kept on watching and watching and watching and watching. Like I had this book where I wrote down all my notes and I was just like, whoever the Holy Spirit is, I want to know him. I want to be able to speak about him the way Rax and Precious were speaking about him. I want him, I want to have a personal relationship with him. And I would say that was where everything started. Because the more I got to know the Holy Spirit, the more I I saw how real he was. Like he would tell me things about my friends. He would tell me, you know, what to wear, you know, to certain places. He would speak to me about things that were going to happen in future. Like he would comfort me times when I, I wouldn't even be able to speak to people about things that I was going through. I would speak to him and I would feel so comforted. You know, he made me realize that a relationship with God is actually possible. Because there were times when I would want to maybe pray, but in my heart, I'm not happy. There's something that's bothering me, but I want to just read my Bible and just, you know, sing hallelujah to God and everything. And he would tell me more, like, there was a day that Holy Spirit actually told me that I should stop pretending. He knows that I'm not happy. So I should, so I should talk to him about what is actually bothering me. And the moment I literally did that, I started crying, I journaled, and I felt so much peace. And the truth is, this was actually why Jesus died. Jesus died to, you know, died for our sins, to give us forgiveness, and to, you know, wipe that guilt and shame and all of that but people often forget that he also died to reconcile us back to god because that was why we were actually created if you look at the story of adam and eve in genesis 1 it talks about how adam and eve were spending time in the garden with god how they would in the cool of the day god would come he would speak to them they would have communion with god and so that was why when they fell, one of the things that they lost was that relationship with God, the ability to speak to God, you know, like he's a friend. They lost that communion. And that, that is why God created us. And so when Jesus came, he reconciled us back to God, that initial relationship that we were born to have with God. He, he literally fixed that. And so, Jesus even said it, that it is for our own benefit, right, that he went to heaven. Because if he didn't go, the Holy Spirit would not come. And so he knew that, see, as much as I, I want to be here, I, as much as I would love to stay, I will be doing a disservice to you guys if you miss out on having your own encounter with the Holy Spirit because he's all you need. And so the more I spent time with the Holy Spirit, the more I 
you know, noticed how he spoke to me and I would always test it. So for me, I thought that, you know, he would speak to me with this audible voice, you know, that sounded like thunder. I was always waiting for him to speak to me in ways that he was speaking to my friends, you know. But I realized that (laughs) he was speaking to me through my dreams. You know, he was speaking to me through my mind, through my imagination. And that was something that for the longest time I ignored. Like, maybe I'm sitting down one day, maybe just eating, I don't know, like plantain or something. And I'm I'm not thinking about anything. Maybe I'm just thinking about how the plantain is nice. And then the next thing I know, my mind will literally just switch to my friend in her room. And I will just feel this urgency to call her. And I'm just like, what's the correlation between plantain and my friend in her room? And like, why am I feeling this way? And so for the longest time, I ignored those thoughts. I would just be like, well, you're just doing the most. Like, it's the extrovert in you wanting to reach out. But sometimes, like, it wouldn't even be, like, reach out to somebody. Like, it could just be the most random instructions. Like, oh, you know, lock this door. Or, um, like, fetch water because there's no, like, water is about to finish. Like, just very random things right and one day i was speaking to one of my friends dalu and she said something to me she was like your mind is not powerful enough to conjure up these things and i was like wait that's actually so true like my mind cannot be in several places at once number one how can i be in my kitchen eating plantain but my mind is in my friend's room you know, calling her to check up on her when she's going through a hard time. Meanwhile, she didn't tell me she was going through a hard time. Like, how was I able to know these things so accurately, right? And then another thing I also realized was every time I ignored the leadings, they would always happen regardless. So what he spoke to me about would always happen whether I obeyed or not. And so I was like, you know what, Mm, perhaps I should actually obey. (laughs) Like, let me just even test this for once and just obey. So if I hear something, I would do it. And time went by and time and time again, he was always right. The leadings were always accurate. And... I got to a point where I I now confidently said, you know what, this is how God speaks to me. And I need to stop looking for him in other places. I need to stop waiting for him to speak to me the way he's speaking to my friend in church because we're two completely different people. His relationship with us is completely different. And so I built that relationship with the Holy Spirit And it wasn't all rosy, you know. There were times when he would speak to me about certain things. He would speak to me about myself because I loved hearing him speak to me about other people. 
but he would also speak to me about myself in fact i remember <laughs> i remember this time in church um we, we preached like there was this message about like love and when i got home he was like do you know that you lack love like you actually lack love and i was like wow okay and i was like first of all like it's not possible <laughs> but then i went to first corinthians 13 i opened the scripture i tried to speak my name into everywhere that love was you know people always say this and it was only one thing that i could like take confidently and even that one self it was after like i tried to convince myself because i was like i cannot cause you like uh-uh you know but he was like you lack love and it was that day i was like wow like holy spirit i actually don't know how to love people the way you want me to love them teach me he would tell me sometimes that you know you're becoming too familiar or he would say things like you know like he would speak to me about myself that's the point i'm trying to make and because of those things he would say to me i would have this desire to just work on them and not feel ashamed not feel guilty but my god is pointing out these things so that i can become more like him he's not doing this from a place of you know spite he's doing this because he wants me to look more like him he wants me to be a good representative of, of him on earth he wants me to be a good witness of christ Holy Spirit has helped me. <laughs> he has helped me <laughs> in so many situations. Like I just remembered this time that I didn't know my way back to my auntie's house. My phone died, and I'm so terrible. If you know me, <laughs> you know that I I am terrible with remembering locations. Like I need someone to either follow me or I would just take an Uber because I'm like I can't. And I was going back to my aunt's house and I didn't know the way. And I was just like, Holy Spirit, you have to direct me because I don't know this place. And he was literally telling me, go straight, turn left. In fact, when I got to this road, he was like, if you go down that road, it's going to lead you to a dead end. So just turn right. And I turn right and I'm walking and I literally see my aunt's like street. And I'm like, wow, like you being a gps like he's literally everything he's helped me with my schoolwork. like he's helped me with my friendships like there's going to be an entire episode on person of the holy spirit but that was where a lot of things really began for me in terms of my faith journey and knowing what god wanted me to do right um and something else that also happened when i gave my life to god when i gave my life to christ like when i fully surrendered and i said i want to do this thing and i don't want to look back was he took that burden of people pleasing off me like growing up i loved to please people like i wanted people to like me i wanted you know to be on good terms with everyone just because of the type of person that I was, right? But all that stemmed from a place of wanting to be accepted. There was a yearning in my heart for love. And 
I didn't know how to fill that void. Like, I felt like I wasn't good enough, right? So I overcompensated by being overly nice to people. Like, I literally would do the most. If somebody said that they didn't like me, I would make it my mission to change that person's narrative. But then there's a psalm that I came across. And it says, Psalm 37 verse 6, and it says, Open up before God. Keep nothing back. He will do whatever needs to be done. He would validate your life in the clear light of day and stamp you with approval at high noon. The first day that I heard that scripture, I was like, God has validated me. God has validated me. And so that means that I didn't have to live my life trying to please everybody. I don't need validation from anybody except from God. And as long as he has done that, then I'm okay. My heart is at rest. And so, after that, I didn't care. Like, honestly, if you said that you didn't like me, I was like, okay, thank you. Like, mm, <laughs> it's even better. It's actually better because if everybody likes me, then that would be a huge problem, right? But that whole desire to please people and all of these things, I just didn't feel that burden anymore. That that was what Jesus did for me. And to date, I'm still very, very grateful for that. And one final thing that he's taught me in my faith journey is that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. Every time that I felt like I had fallen short, I would feel like God is looking down at me with so much anger and he never wanted to do anything with me again. And like, that was the end, right? But he would just remind me that like, it's okay. Moya, it's actually okay. And this mindset was what I carried into my relationship with God at first. I'm like, if I didn't read my Bible today, if I didn't pray today, you know, oh my God, you know, does that mean that the Holy Spirit has left me? If maybe I lied today, does that mean that I'm now, you know, a sinner and and God doesn't want to speak to me anymore? But one thing I learned was, you see, when we give our lives to Christ, when we you know, confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord. Um, That is just the first step. That proclamation that you, you, you make by faith is just the first step. There is a sanctification that happens. And that sanctification process goes on for the rest of our lives. Where every single day we are being transformed into the image of Christ. And so what happens is that many people, when they give their life to Christ, they expect an instant change. They expect that they will stop lying, they will stop sinning, they will stop having sex with warm eyes, they will stop, you know, getting drunk. But that isn't even realistic. That that, that isn't possible. What happens is, as you journey along with God, as you develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, as you let him convict you 
you will begin to transform your heart. Those things that you used to do before that used to bring you so much satisfaction, you find that you can't do them anymore without feeling convicted. You will lose your peace about those things. You will become disgusted. Some things will naturally just fall away, honestly. Like, you will just find that I actually don't care about things anymore. Just like the people-pleasing example that I gave, where before someone would say they didn't like me and I would be running, you know, helter-skelter, you know, saying, wow, the pressure is getting realer. Like, I must prove myself. Like, I just, it just left me, if I'm being honest. And that's what happened. It's a daily thing. It's a gradual process and many times we have to be patient with God and with ourselves. See, some people totally like discredit the faith. They're like, oh my gosh, you know, this Christianity thing, I can't do it because I'm still struggling with the things that I was struggling with or nothing has changed. But the question should be, have you submitted yourself right to the Lordship of Christ? Have you obeyed the Holy Spirit? If you've had, let's say, an anger problem before Christ, right, and when you gave your life to Christ, that was something that you really wanted to see change. When you get into an argument with someone and the Holy Spirit, and you just feel this leading in your heart to just walk away, do you walk away or do you continue engaging in that conversation? When he says, you know what, let this person have the final say, do you say, no, I must end this argument? You see, sometimes it's in those little nudges, those things that he tells us to do, just like what I mentioned about him speaking to me in my mind, but I was like, mm. Those little nudges are little opportunities for us to drop this habit and to become more like Christ. But many of us were too stuck in our ways. And so that's something I had to learn that I cannot be a new person overnight. There are mistakes that I would still make, right? Thoughts that I would still have, things that I would still do that don't necessarily please God, but he's not waiting for me with a cane to beat me. What he's after is, what is my response? After I find myself in this space, am I like, oh my God, you know, life happens, like, it's just one of those things. Am I crying? Do I start crying? And then I go back to doing those things? Or do I say, okay, God, I acknowledge that this happened. I'm sorry, give me the grace, you know, so that next time I wouldn't do it again. And then when the opportunity presents itself next time, what is my response? The Bible literally says that none of us should ever say that our temptations are like from God. Temptations come from our own desires, right? But in every temptation, God has provided a way of escape. So I'm asking myself, in this situation now, what way of escape has God provided for me? And if we take time out to really think deeply, we would find that, oh my God, there was an opportunity for me to walk away from that argument. There was an opportunity for me to shut down this conversation. There was a chance for me to say, you know what, I'm going home. I don't want to go, you know, 
to these places with you guys. There's always an opportunity. But would we rather take that opportunity or would we rather do what we want and then come back and ask God for mercy? Hebrews 4.15 tells us that, you know, Jesus is not a high priest who cannot sympathize with us. He understands humanity. He was tempted in every way that I'm tempted, and yet he still did not sin. And so that scripture just reminds me that, you know what? God understands me. He understands every situation that I'm in. He understands that I'm a weak. Literally, we say this all the time. Oh, the you know the the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He understands that there are times when I will literally have to fight myself to obey him. It's not every time that God tells me to do something that I just say, "Okay, <laughs> we're going to obey God today." No. <laughs> so, what exactly is it about faith? What exactly is it about the Christian faith? And I want to end on this note. You see, what Jesus did for me, like I mentioned, is that he showed me is that he showed me that I can actually have a relationship with God and that God isn't just in heaven and I'm just here on earth. He's actually my father and my friend. I have help, comfort, hope, all these things in him. I can actually have a relationship with him where I know what is on his mind, right? where I know what he's saying in every time, in every season, where I'm not deceived, where we are so in tune with one another that before something happens, I'm, I'm aware of it, where I'm not going to church every Sunday because I want to get to know him, but I know him for myself, and what I'm going to church to do is to spend time like with other believers, right, and learn from them, but I'm also going with an overflow. I'm not going to take in. I'm going with an overflow. Jesus Christ is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. First Timothy 2.5 says there is only one God and only one way that people can reach God. That way is through Christ Jesus who as a man gave himself to pay for everyone to be free. And so if I'm searching for God, if if I know that there is a longing in my soul, if I know that I'm missing out on something in life, Jesus Christ is that link. He is the bridge between heaven and earth. He came to this earth. He died for my sin, for me to be free, for me to have a relationship with God. He understands me because he has lived this life that I'm living. So he gets, in fact, he gets, he gets me more than I get myself. And he rose on the third day, defeating death and sin. And now he's seated at the right hand side of God. And so because of him, I'm living a free life. I'm living a life without any I'm living my life without any burdens. I don't have to strive to be loved or liked by people because he has already validated me. 
I can hear from God because I have the Holy Spirit in me. He has given me abundant life. I'm not waiting to get to heaven to begin to live my life. I'm actually experiencing heaven on earth because of him. He has taken away my sin. There is nothing that I can ever do that would separate me from God because of him. I know when God is speaking to me because of him. I'm not condemned. Even when I fall short and I make mistakes, I know that it's not the end of the world. You know, there was a time when I actually did something and I was like, oh my God, my life is over. I was actually contemplating suicide because I couldn't bear like the guilt of it. And he was the one that told me, Moira, I forgive you. Now you need to forgive yourself. Every time I fall short, he's not trying to beat me, but he's trying to pull me up. And so that is exactly what it is about this faith for me that has made me give my life to it um, and has made me say that I will follow Jesus to the end. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this blessed you. Um, and I, God, I just pray for anyone who is searching for you, who has been searching for you, who is longing for a deep encounter with you. I pray that they will finally surrender to you. They will finally just stop running, stop hiding, and they will experience abundant life in you. Amen.